Hello again and welcome to another episode of Real Talk with RJ. If this is your first time listening, please don't forget to like and subscribe and follow so you know exactly when we release brand new episodes. And also, do not forget to share. If you like what you hear, share it with everyone you know. This episode is going to be focusing on should we always encourage our kids and our friends? And could it actually be a bad idea? You know, like... When kids draw you, like when like really young children draw you a picture and it's just stick figures and there's not a whole lot of detail and like, it's just really simple and very basic. Of course, you're not going to sit there and look at our kids and be like, what is this? This doesn't even look anything like me. You're forgetting this. You're forgetting this. This looks like crap. No, we wouldn't encourage them because they're utilizing the the capacity of talent that they have and their understanding of the the very basic motor skills that they've come to learn up to that point they're using that to create something special for you so of course we want to recognize the intent behind it and we want to encourage that and help develop that talent it's it's something that you want to look at each each creator you know if it's an artist that's four years old drawing with four-year-old skills and four-year-old understandings of art then yeah you want to help them nurture that you want to encourage that you want to encourage them to continue to create beautiful works of art and and beautiful things you want to hang them on the on the um on the refrigerator give them assignments give them little things to uh to to help push them and help help them develop those talents you don't want to critique them with the same level of creativity and um and artistic rules if you will Um, as you would a 20 year old or college student. Because when someone's learning about drawing, you know, lifelike or real live art, or excuse me, um, I forget the actual word, Uh, realism, there we go. It's like realism art. So somebody's drawing a live model, then you want them to pay attention to the shading of uh, where there's darker parts of the skin that are receiving less light, how the the light is, is, curving around different parts of the skin of the body um how the folds are shaded you want to shade exactly how the folds are shaded like you're telling them to pay attention to certain details that the the untrained eye will not pick up because they would rather just draw what they think rather than what they actually see when you take an actual artist class and and i have done this this is why i'm speaking with uh with these uh perspectives because i've learned these things um the rule of art is to draw what you see, not what you think you see. And when you start sketching realism, one of the things that they'll teach you to do or have you do as an assignment is flip the picture that you're supposed to draw. You got to flip that upside down and you're looking, you got to draw it. And they'll say, why, why am I drawing this upside down? What's the point of drawing it upside down? Well, because when you draw it right side up, your eye is picking up a shape, a person, a mouth, all that stuff. You're drawing that. You're drawing what you think you see, and then you end up filling in the blanks of stuff rather than actually drawing what you really do see. So when they have you flip it upside down, it kind of takes away the shape and identity of each part. And then you just start drawing shade in different um, different degrees of shade. Because there's no hard lines in an actual portrait. You don't see hard lines in portraits. You see shade uh, shading at different levels. So you start like so basically what i'm saying is that when you are dealing with somebody the level of encouragement and type of encouragement that you should be giving to that person is should be based off of the skills they have the understanding of how to use those skills and comprehension as well as a realistic view of their talent so 
a, a recent event that happened to me <clears throat> is there was this person that started following me on LinkedIn and um, they had a new music video that came out and I I listened to the music video I watched it I watched the music video and honestly I, I thought it was really corny and I heard her voice her voice has some talent but the type of sound that she was creating with her voice was not the natural sound of her voice like and I'll give an example of what I mean by that and people can be like oh, well who are you to say that well it's it's not about it's not about me being a judge it's about me offering advice from the things that I've learned from people who've made it people who actually are producers of of celebrities these individuals help me see things about my talents that I didn't know existed but if you watch American Idol you watch The Voice you watch uh, America's Got Talent Britain's Got Talent etc whenever someone sings not only is their pitch which is like how high they're singing a note or whether it's too high or too low or it's right on the the level the note should be uh the power notes the riskiness of the of the performance um but the song choice is one of the most important things like for the longest time i used to want it i used to want to sing r&b i love singing r&b i really wanted to sing r&b i felt that was a passion of mine but so many of my buddies are like bro you don't have an r&b voice and i was like yeah i do and they would say no bro you have a country voice your voice is very country I'm not I'm born and raised in California I'm not a country boy but I you know I know how to ride horses and I've ridden horses for a long time and ever since I I went to Iraq in 2000 and uh 2004 I started listening to country music you know that was honestly that was the only genre of music that was actually showing support to us and everybody else was just talking about the chains that they have on their neck and how much money they have and I'm like well I don't have any of that money so why do I want to listen to you brag about how much money you have you know, but the people in country weren't talking about all the stuff they have. They were talking about how hard it was to find a job and, you know, losing a woman that you love or losing a man that you love. And they were talking about things that I could relate to. So I started singing. And when I realized and I actually listened to my voice and took their advice to just kind of little like pay attention to my voice, I realized that my sound, my actual natural organic sound is a country sound. Now, I love singing, but it's not my dream. It's not my goal to actually be a singing performer. I, I don't really want to do that. I enjoy singing and making people smile, especially when I sing happy birthday to them or sing a special song when they ask me to sing a song. I, I enjoy singing for them and, and singing my heart out. But I really enjoy talking and inspiring. I really enjoy drawing. I really enjoy painting. I really enjoy writing poetry. Um, like I love saying poetry off the top of my head for my fiance and just watching her eyes just fall in love with me all over again it's just something special i, I really enjoy doing um god has blessed me with a lot of talents and i'm really grateful that i've been blessed with a number of different talents and um i've been able to develop many of those talents because i've had opportunities and met people that have given the opportunity to develop those talents in various settings so i said all that to say that when i gave a uh, suggestive criticism to this uh to this artist I told her, you know, the song that you created, um, it doesn't sound natural to your voice. I don't think that's your sound. I, t I hear that you have talent. I believe you have talent. And I believe that you actually could go very far in the music industry if you develop your talent to your normal sound. If you find your sound and you find your voice, you, I think you can really do it. But this song that you created, it's not memorable. You're, you're creating something that everyone else is creating. Therefore, you're just falling into the pack. You're not standing out. 
And in order to make it in the industry, you need to make something that people aren't going to forget. And then I gave her the example of think about the McDonald's jingle. It's a very simple jingle. I'm loving it. And then they they they, uh, they cut off the I'm loving it part to just ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And then everyone knows the rest. They fill it in because they've drilled I'm loving it into your head for so long that now it's in. So whenever you hear ba-da-ba-ba-ba, you automatically finish it. I'm loving it. It's the same thing with someone goes to shaving a haircut like dun 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 dun. And then in your mind, you go dun dun. It's just it's one of those things that just kind of sticks with you. It's catchy. It's unforgettable. And it works. So when you sing, when you create a song, you're singing a song out there for other people to get. If your song has nothing that's going to like, it could sound nice, but if no one's connecting with it, it's not going to go anywhere and your career is not going to go anywhere with it. So I was explaining to her that the most important thing an artist can do is be vulnerable and share their heart. That's what makes country such a strong art is that when the country singers sing, I mean, you got a, a bunch of new singers out there coming into country music that are just trying to make songs and make music. They don't care about the content or quality of what they're doing. They're destroying what actual country music is. But you you hear these songs out there from like the legends, you know, Tim McGraw, uh, 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 Chris Stapleton, Chris Young, um, Shania Twain. You're, you're listening to uh, Carrie Underwood. You're listening to like the people who really put their heart and soul in every song out there. And it's you can feel it. You can feel when an artist is being genuine with you when they're singing, because if they're being fake, the song just falls flat. Listen to hip hop. A lot of the songs in hip hop now are, you know, from people that are just lying, that are just speaking a bunch of stuff. And a number of those rappers don't even write their own raps. So it's like like uh, it's funny hearing Rick Ross, a rapper named Rick Ross, talk about this drug game and all the gangster stuff that he did. And he's hardcore gangster. The guy went to college and he was a correction officer. It's just, it's funny to hear people actually rapping about stuff that they really have not done or, or don't do, a lifestyle they don't live. But these country singers out there, the OGs, especially the ones being really vulnerable with it, they live that life they talk about. They felt the pain that they felt. You know, they, even when they're singing someone else's song, it's a song they can relate with. So I try to give her that feedback and she's like, you know, I, um, I always like to, I, I always appreciate feedback, both negative and positive. And I just, if you don't mind, what kind you say you listen to uh you listen to you like good music what would you consider good music and i explained to her that i listen to literally everything i listen to good hip-hop i listen to chopin bot um beethoven um i listen to symphonic two cellos um i listen to i have like rammstein which is a german rock group i listen to um uh, like french music Indian music. I, I listen like Hindi music. I have a lot of Hindi songs as well. There's a movie called Coach Coach Hota Hey. It's Hindi. It's a really, really famous movie that every Indian knows. And I love that song. I know the song by heart. I sing it, and, and all my Indian uh, associates and friends, they always say, Hey, 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 hey well, listen, listen. Hey, can you sing Coach Coach Hota Hey for us? And I'll, I'll start laughing. I'll sing it for them. And they go, Oh my God, you sounded so good. And they love it, but it's it's a way I build bridges. I try to learn songs in different languages so I can build bridges bridges with people of other cultures so that they don't see me as a stereotype, that they see me. And it gives us it gives me an opportunity to erase any stereotypical perspectives they have about my race. So stereotypes come from ignorance. You know, people adopt stereotypes because of ignorance. So the only way to combat ignorance is with education. 
So that's one of the reasons why I learn about different cultures so that I can build bridges and knock down their preconceived notions that blacks are stereotypical in XYZ, in XYZ ways. That's just how I do it. That's what the tool that I use. But I was explaining to her that I listen to everything, pop, country, R&B, rock, rock and roll, alternative rock, mariachi, cumbia, reggaeton, salsa, samba, everything. If it's good, I listen to it because I love music. It's a language that unites people. And I was trying to help her find her sound. That's really what I wanted to do. And she she accepted that criticism. And I was like, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, I'm, I'm here. If you have any questions or anything like that, please feel free to ask. I would love to help. Then this other guy that I wasn't talking to had nothing to do with my conversation. He just decided to jump in and go, he's crazy. I don't know what he's talking about. Your song is great. It was memorable. I watched it again and again and again. And I listened to this. I read this guy's comment. And then I responded and I told her, I told him like, dude, I was never dissing her, uh, her sound. I was just telling him that her sound wasn't natural. And I was explaining to, I explained to him on that. And he goes, but you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. So I looked up his profile and I opened up his, um, his music videos. He had some songs on there that were, that he posted. And the first one was just super auto-tune. Like you've heard, for those who listen to R&B or, or pop, they've heard T-Pain. T-Pain was like the guy that made auto-tune popular, but he did it. It wasn't so like, it wasn't so electronic. T-Pain's voice actually doesn't sound too different from the auto-tune. So this kid that was getting involved or this, this, this grown man that was getting involved, um, he's from Africa and he was getting involved in my conversation with this one person and trying to tell me that I didn't know what I was talking about. And I started explaining to him that I, you know, I've, I've gotten the stuff that I've learned from people who actually do this for a living. So I do know what I'm talking about because not only have I done it, but I've also learned it from the people who know what they're talking about. So my sources are undeniable. And then when I listened to his song, I, I told him, I was like, you know, you're, you actually have, you have some talent, bro. You have some talent as well, but I think you should ease off the auto tune and let people hear you. And, and I was like, as far as R&B goes, I don't think R&B is for you. I think you have, you know, like a good reggae voice. Like, I think you can, your sound from what you're trying to go for in your songs have, you know, potential for reggae or reggae. And, uh, but R&B, as far as R&B, I don't think that's the right venue for you. And he started, you know, he's like, F you, dude, you, I don't, I'm going to be the number one artist in the world. You don't know what you're talking about. And, and then he's like, I, I'm like, her song was great. And, and my songs are good. And then I, I, you know, after he's F you, I kind of took it personal. And then I went back and listened to another one of his songs. And I said, you know what, dude, I got to confess something. I was wrong. You don't have talent, man. Singing's not for you at all. I heard your other song without the auto tune. Your timing is off. Your pitch is off. Like everything about your talent is pretty much non-existent. Singing's not for you. You're never going to, you're never going to matter or be good in music unless you develop your talent. Even like I was, I was trying to hit him. I was trying to hit him hard for that. I was, I was irritated that he said F you when I've been very respectful in my correspondence. So when he started attacking me and saying that, that's when I said what I said. And, <laughs> and then he reported me for, <laughs> he reported me for bullying. <laughs> so, so LinkedIn decided they're like, Hey, you know, this is not, um, this is not okay. I'm like, well, you're not going to take his stuff down for saying F you to me and all this. Did you notice that none of my stuff was negative or disrespectful before he said F you. So I guess we're not allowed to retaliate anymore. And now the world wants us. That's what 
made you know inspired this topic you know like the world really wants us to encourage everybody to be what they want to be and do what they want to do and rainbows and unicorns and leprechauns farting out of the rainbows and magic fairy dust that's what they want that's not how it works in the real life if i have a son and my son cannot sing he's really doesn't have a voice that doesn't mean he doesn't have talent i'm just like son you know what i i see what you're going for you know i appreciate your heart but honestly bro singing is not for you man i'll be honest with them because i'm not going to tell him to go out there and invest thousands and thousands of dollars trying to get his singing career off the ground and it never does he could be using that money into something else i'm like you know what bb king wasn't an incredible singer but the reason why people went to go see bb king was because his guitar his guitar sang same thing with um with um carlos santana people don't go there to hear carlos santana sing they go there to hear his guitar his guitar sings two cellos those guys don't sing their cellos sing so just because somebody can't verbally sing doesn't mean they don't have the ability to play an instrument and let the instrument be their medium of singing additionally just because uh somebody can't play or somebody doesn't somebody can't like sing a song excuse me doesn't mean they can't write music he might be an incredible writer so the the thing is is that I said all that to say it's not about encouraging people to do whatever it's encouraging people to discover a talent and develop that talent and also setting realistic goals if you have a child and your child has no arms you know respectfully your child has no arms but his dream is to be the greatest baseball player in the world you know you can say you know what i get that son like i i wish there was medical miracles that could ha make that happen for you but at this point you know it's just it's not realistic you need arms to be able to do that it just kind of it would be better just to go ahead and like help them come to terms with that at an earlier age rather than keep filling their head with clouds and and wishes that may not come true you know who knows maybe at some point science can decide like can create these arms like we've seen in lots of movies that actually can make being a baseball player possible for them but just because they can't play baseball doesn't mean they won't be able to manage it Maybe they might have the talent for coaching or managing a baseball team. You don't need arms for that. Maybe they might have, you know, maybe they might need, uh, maybe they might want to be an umpire. You don't need arms to be an umpire. All you got to do is just call balls and strikes and watch that. There are ways they could, you know, he could still do something in that industry. But the thing is, is that you want to point your kid and your friends to the right things. If some people, if people have some talent, it, the thing is, is like, if somebody has some talent, that some talent can be developed into a lot of talent. But that's what you're looking for. You gotta look at like, you can't look at your kids always through the eyes of a mother or through the eyes of a father because you're always gonna magnify or enhance what actually is there. You know, like for example, if you hear your baby singing, let's say scale of one to 10, uh, one being <laughs> like, like that guy, that, that Asian guy that was on American Idol as like, you swing me right round, baby, right round. And he's just so tone deaf and horrible, but for some reason people were voting for him because they love seeing him go on and kind of making fun of him. If, if, if like one is like a super tone deaf, nails on a chalkboard, horrible voice, and 10 is like Whitney Houston singing the national anthem in the Super Bowl. You know, if, if your kid is like a three, 
because you love your kid, you're probably going to rate your kid at a five, maybe even a seven, because that's your baby and you're so proud of them. But realistically, you need to just kind of look at it and say, you know, does my child have talent? You know, does my child actually have this talent? And if they really don't, okay, that's okay. It's okay for them to not be able to sing or have the talent to do what they want to do. That's okay. Let them learn how to deal with disappointment. Disappointment is a healthy thing to experience from time to time. It's how you respond to it. And unfortunately, we got a lot of parents encouraging their kids to do stuff they really can't do just because they want to be there and say, yeah, you can do anything you put your mind to. No, they can't. Not every kid can. Some things require certain talents that are just you, you don't naturally have. And some talents require special opportunities. Like you'll never learn to play tennis as great as those who play tennis like professionally unless you meet somebody who's connected in that area. It's just kind of one of those things, which it can happen. If you look at the movie King Richard, Will Smith, uh, where he portrays Venus and Serena Williams, father, he had to go through a lot to get them that opportunity, but it cost, it had a lot of hustling and they were, you know, practicing. So circumstances can happen. I'm not saying they don't and they can't, but the thing is, is that the whole point is that it's important for us to encourage where there's talent and encourage people to keep trying to discover their talents and developing those talents and also holding them accountable. If this is something they want to do, they need to fall through with it. If they really want to play the guitar or play an instrument, then they need to practice at least an hour a day. And you really should kind of not force it on them, but like encourage them and push them. Tell them, nope, give me your phone. No phone until you practice. Go practice for an hour. Get out there. This is something you want to do. Follow through with it. That's the, the, the teaching moment is you teach your kids to follow through and not just kind of settle and go through the motions. So if you have a friend that really wants to get into doing tattoo work, like, oh, I want to be a tattoo artist, but you've seen their drawing, like their drawing sucks. I, like, I'd rather, I think you shouldn't be a tattoo artist. Why not? I think you probably would be better at, you know, making t-shirts. You know, you, you're, you can draw, but like the computer will actually help you correct what you, what you mess up on, but your hand's not that steady. If I have Parkinson's disease or something um, and my hands are really shaky, I can't possibly be um, be a tattoo artist because my hands are too shaky. You can't do tattoos with shaky, uh, shaky hands. You got to have steady hands. You got to have steady passes, meaning your lines have to be solid, straight and clear. You don't want your lines wiggling. And, and a lot of my buddies have asked me about, you know, what my opinion was on their tattoos. And I would first thing I would do is I look at the line work. I look at how clear the lines are. And because if you're paying somebody to, you know, draw something permanent on your back, <laughs> you know, you want it to look good. And then some people, they draw like I've known lots of guys who did tattoo work and they would draw like women in, in bikinis and stuff like that. Their bodies look incredible, very accurate, very well proportioned. And then when they got to the face, the face looked like a gremlin because they didn't know how to shade the face. They didn't know all that. They didn't put that much attention to the face. So it, it looked like a drunk, like a drunk Shrek with a sexy body. <laughs> That's what a lot of those drawings look like. My buddies would just be like, what do you think? I'm like, and I'll tell them, like, you know, it looks good, man. But the line work sucks, but it looks good. Oh, for real? No, I, I like it. I'm like, yeah, that's all that matters. And then later on, they come back and be like, yeah, that dude did mess up on my arms, man. I just didn't want to hear it then. Just, man, no worries, bro. It happens. So if you have a if you have a kid that really wants to do something, if you really want to help that child and encourage the child, I think it's the best uh, the best approach 
to first identify whether or not there is a real talent here. And I'm not saying they have to be like Olympic Olympic talent right then and there, but I'm saying there has to be some type of talent. If there's some talent, that's the starting point for developing the greatness. And sometimes you don't know if the person has talent or not because they've never done the thing. Like, how do you know your kid doesn't have a natural talent to snowboard if they've never been on a snowboard? You know, if your child is incredible at, at, at skateboarding, chances are they could also be very, very talented with the snowboard. Just like Sean White was. Sean White is incredible with, with uh, he's actually incredible with the bike as well, but he focuses on skateboarding and, and snowboarding. So that's just really it is it's important to encourage our kids. If you have a kid that's like, can I be the president of the United States one day? Well, before I would have said, no, like not every kid can be president of the United States because not every kid's bright. But then I look at the president of the United States now and I'm like, yeah, anybody can do it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure a lot of you listening right now are smiling at that because, you know, you're like, yeah, that's a good point. Like anybody, you can see like a, a lot of people that don't even have arms, legs, can't talk, or in a coma. <laughs> this person's a vegetable in a, in a serious coma. And then you're like, can he do it? Like, yeah, have you seen our president? <laughs> you don't even have to be a, like, like aware. You don't even have to be able to talk. You don't even have to be conscious to fill the office if Joe Biden can be president of the United States. That's, the guy can't even make a sentence. I, I'm at the point right now where I'm thinking Jeff Dunham's behind him somewhere. Like Jeff Dunham's a ventriloquist. Uh, I'm thinking that there's probably some like like Sesame Street puppeteers just dressed in black, you know, standing behind Joe Biden and getting him to talk, moving his mouth and like sticks on his hands. <laughs> They're just moving him around like, my fellow Americans, we are not in a, in a recession right now. That's not happening. And then like, well, how come gas is still over a dollar higher than it was when you took office? And how come milk is like 10 bucks right or loaf of bread is like 10 bucks right now and how come everything has gotten ridiculously expensive no more questions thank you so much today's conference is brought to you by the letter f (laughs) oh people that actually are listening right now have gotten that reference to be an actual sesame street thing anyway if you didn't watch sesame street it's probably because you you weren't born here or you're a terrorist i'm just kidding um but I just think like right now it's just important to because the society that we're that our culture is cultivating right now, it's a sense of entitlement. Kids feel entitled. They don't know how to take no for an answer. More and more parents are buying their kids stuff rather than actually spending time with them. It's like I work so much or I do so much. So I'm going to buy you stuff and spoil you just to keep you quiet and pacify. But then what happens as a result of that is your kid doesn't understand how to take no for an answer. So when your kid doesn't know how to take no for an answer, and this is the dangers of that, and this is like, please listen to me on this point. If your kid doesn't know, especially if your kid is a male, if your kid does not know how to take no for an answer, the likelihood of that child sexually assaulting someone else is very high. Because sexual assault with an adult partner starts at the word no or I don't want to, or not yet, this is too soon. Any any type of variation of the word no, that's where the act of sexual assault starts. And if your kid doesn't know how to take no for an answer, doesn't know how to 
deal with dis like disappointment, the likelihood of them saying, no one says no to me, no is not an answer, and actually forcing himself upon this woman, which could be your daughter or someone else's daughter, that is, you're increasing that likelihood. Tell your kids no and make sure you don't back off. Like say, and they, dad, can I go to my party tonight? No. Or mom, can I go out with my friends tonight? No. Oh, come on. Mama. The answer is no. There's no reason why you should be having any more discussion with this. Be firm and keep no, no. Let them understand that no is an actual acceptable answer at times. And teach them how to deal with disappointment. Rather than get super frustrated and pissed off and go take it out on everybody else, no. Teach them how to deal with it in a healthy way. Because if you don't teach them how to deal with disappointment, the likelihood of them going to get a gun, whether the laws are severe or not, the likelihood of them going to get a gun to hurt somebody else is very high. Because they don't know how to take disappointment. If they feel that they worked hard in a job and they feel entitled to the promotion and somebody else gets the promotion and they get mad, the likelihood of them going and getting a gun and shooting these people is elevated. Now, does that mean that they're actually going to do that? No, there's not a guarantee in any of those scenarios, but the likelihood is increased. Like, for example, if there's a likelihood, if, like if the only way you can get salmonella is by eating chicken. I know this is not real, but I'm saying like just for a metaphorical example, if the likelihood of you or if the only way to get salmonella is by eating chicken and eating bad chicken, then you increase the likelihood of you getting salmonella the more you eat chicken, because the more you eat chicken, the more chances you take that you're going to eat a bad chicken. So that's what I'm saying. It's not guaranteed that you're going to eat bad chicken. I've eaten chicken all my life and I've never gotten it. So I'm saying like the likelihood increases when certain root factors happen. So if you don't teach your kid how to take no for an answer, the likelihood of them committing sexual assault on somebody else is increased and actually highly increased in fact and also the likelihood of your child getting a gun and blowing up and just clicking you know or like freaking out and, and hurting a lot of people increases when they don't know how to deal with disappointment it's okay to tell your child i love you and i believe you have talent but i don't think this is the right path for you and then they, they of course are going to retaliate because they believe in themselves and that you know, at 13, 14 years old, they know everything. And even though we've lived longer, we're stupid. We don't know anything, but we get it. Cause we were there too. We thought our parents were stupid and that we knew everything. And we become adults and realize, oh crap. There's a lot I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know anything. You know, it's easy to know everything when you're living under someone else's roof. Then you get your own roof and then you realize how much you don't know. And then you come back to mom's house and like, mom, I'm sorry, you were right. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you're 18 years too late. I'm just kidding. But um, it's important to be honest with your kids. And it's also important to look at your kids honestly, because if you're, if you're teach if the principal calls you down to school and says your kid was bullying and, and being hurtful to other kids and hitting other kids and stuff like that, that's not the time to look at our kids from mommy daddy perspective and go my little angel would never do that because we're not there at the school we don't know how they're acting it's important to look and see if there is any truth look at the characteristics that they exemplify like are they mean to their little brother or their little sibling are they mean to their friends do they talk back to you 
like look at the actual characteristics because if your kid is bullying and beating other kids up chances are they will take that into adulthood with them and actually assault somebody because they said something wrong or they stepped on their shoe or they looked at their woman my fiance is beautiful my fiance is very beautiful inside and out i know that guys are going to look at her i know that guys look at her it's funny to me and i even tell her i was like this guy was staring at your butt and she starts laughing <laughs> she's like yeah are you noticed i'm like yeah i pay attention i pay attention to everybody because you know i'm a vet so i'm always watching everybody watch everything around me but i don't get mad when other guys are looking at her because she's beautiful i look of course other guys are gonna look what i do get bothered by is like when people go out of their way to like stare at her butt and like you know sexualize my fiance that's when it's getting disrespectful that's when i get a little bothered by that like we were walking in the parking lot one day and my my mom had come to visit us so we walk in the parking lot of a store and I was just kind of watching everyone around me and stuff. And then I noticed this guy, he slouched down in his seat and he just looking in his rear view mirror to try to look at my fiance's butt. And I looked right at him, like I stepped in front of his, in his view and I looked right at him and just made direct eye contact to make sure he knew I was looking at him. And then he kept trying to look in his other mirrors and I was like, can I help you, bro? And he goes, oh, and he looked away. <laughs> my fiance was like, what's going on? I was like, nah, that's my woman, homie. <laughs> I just got gangster with him, but <laughs> it was funny. My fiance liked that. It wasn't toxic. It was just me. Like I'm not. I'm not a jealous dude. I'm. I'm really not. The way I feel is now I know that I'm a good guy, so I don't settle for an okay woman. I deserve a good woman because I'm a good guy, and I give my all to my relationship. And I, I would hope that my my partner would also give her all to it, so that we can meet each other in the middle, serving each other as a team. I don't I didn't want this super gorgeous dictator. I wanted a super gorgeous inside and outside gorgeous partner. You know, I'm not dictating anything. Neither is she. We're a team. We discuss things that affect both of us before we make big decisions. We discuss these things amongst ourselves. We hear each other's opinions and we talk. We communicate. So it's just like it's just been a great blessing to have her. And um my opinions when i encourage her i encourage her with things sometimes she can't see the talents that she has she doesn't realize some of the talents that she has but i can see them i know the talents because i know her and i encourage her you know to develop certain talents and do different things of course you can't force somebody to do something they don't want to do and sometimes people can't see what you see you know like uh if you watch the movie the blind side um they looked at michael o uh, or um they looked at him and they felt maybe he actually could be good as uh, as playing football. But the coach was not able to actually um, explain to him how to, you know, he had a learning disability. So he didn't know he had the talent to play football. He was a good basketball player. He knew he had that talent, but he didn't know he could play football. He never had. And it took, you know, Sandra Bullock's character, the, the mother. This is a true story, by the way. It took the mother and his his stepbrother um, or his adopted brother, rather, actually, you know what? Screw it. His brother. It took his mother and his brother um, to actually explain the playbook with him. And a tutor to actually explain, to learn how to actually teach him in a way he'll understand. So some people have talents that you have to help them see and also help them develop. Some people just don't know how to find that talent, but it's there. And once they explain it to him the right way and he put, him in, the put it in the language he would understand, he was thriving. He had colleges everywhere looking for him. And he was drafted into the NFL and he played a great career. 
So the point is, is that when you look for actual talent and you help your kids see that or your friends see that, then you're pointing them in a good, healthy direction. But it's okay to be honest with somebody, not to tear them down, but to be honest with them and say, you know what? I don't think this is for you. And if they really think that they got it, you can you can try putting them in like say you know what if you want to if this is what you really want how about this i will if you will raise half the money for a school i'll raise the other half and we'll put you into a singing school so that they can see for themselves and then a producer when the producer gets ready to talk to him you can ask the producer what do you think and then the producer can be honest and say you know honestly i don't think this is for you and you can just tell him like babe i, I i've been trying to tell you that but like this is this isn't your talent but I don't think that you're musically inept. You know, meaning you, you don't have what it takes to be in music. I think just singing is not your instrument. But there's tons of other instruments out there. You can be an incredible drummer. You can be an incredible guitarist. But like this society and this this uh, culture that has been developed of encourage everybody and everything. It's not healthy and it's not realistic. It's really not. It's feeding someone into a lie. That's that's as toxic as telling telling a woman like, you know what? You're so much better without him. That guy is not a good guy. He's never been there for you. He's never there. He's so bad. He's so hurtful, toxic. Girl, you should leave him. You're encouraging her because that's what she says she wants to do rather than being an actual friend in this scenario and saying, wait, you want to leave him? That man works his butt off to keep a roof over your head. That's why he's not always home because he's working two to three jobs to keep this house that you wanted. He's working two jobs or three jobs to keep the car that you asked him to get you. He's working two or three jobs to pay off the ring that you chose in the, in the store. So yeah, he's not always here because of the fact that he's working his butt off to support the life you wanted. You better not leave him. You're stupid if you leave him. You know what I mean? Like this, in that scenario, encouraging someone to do something they say they want to do rather than actually being realistic and their talents or their choices, that's the difference between being a real friend and being a bandwagon buddy. If you're really going to be a friend, you got to be honest with your friends. You know, because sometimes your friends are in the wrong. You don't always take the side of your friends just because of your friend. Now, if I have a friend and he's in a bar fight, and I don't know why he's in a bar fight. I don't know what happened. I don't know, you know, what's going on. I just happen to be in the bar with him and he's in a bar fight. One, I don't drink, so I'll be drinking like a water or Red Bull or something like that. And I, one of the reasons I do that is just because I want to protect the people I'm with and I never want to be caught off guard. Plus, me personally, I just choose not to drink. But if my friend's in a bar fight, if he's on a one-on-one, -on -one, I'll try to, you know, I'll try to break it up and, and separate the two and let's go home and let's go sleep in our beds. But if he's being jumped, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to break that up. I'm going to try to engage and defend my friend. I don't know what the purpose was. Even if he's in the wrong, I'm not letting somebody jump my friend. But if he, after everything's said and done, the guys are like, no, he did this and this. And, you know, after we separate and go our separate ways, then I'm going to chew my friend out and be like, what the heck, bro? You got me into a fight because of the fact that you wanted to run your mouth. You don't know how to handle your alcohol. Thank God I don't have friends that actually can't handle their alcohol. Like, cause I, I, I hate babysitting. I hate when you go out to have a good time and you pay money to have a good time only to babysit somebody else. Go hold their hair, go stop them from throwing up, go carry them and pick them up, stop them from getting in fights. Like that's, 
that's not a life I want to live and I don't live that life. So when people go out and they want to start drinking and being stupid, I'm not that guy. I don't hang out and waste my time babysitting you so you can have a good time at my expense. No, I don't do that. So I think more people need to start being realistic with themselves and still start being more realistic with their kids, with their partners and with their friends. Because if you don't, you're going to encourage somebody to make bad choices. It's okay to believe in people, but it's also important to be realistic about what you're believing in them to do. I invite anybody listening to feel free to reach out and you know offer any feedback or questions or opinion stories. Um, you guys are more than welcome to, to reach out and share. I'll open it up to you if you have anything. I just think that right now, like I, I think this culture of entitlement and this culture of of I believe I, I can do it just because I want to, it's not enough. If I if I have poor eyesight, no matter how badly I want to fly a plane, I can't. I cannot get a job safely flying an aircraft because I can't see. If there are just things that you have that hinder you from something, it's it doesn't make you bad. It just that's just not the right thing for you. But I'm a firm believer that God has given every person a talent. At least at least 10. Everyone has talents. But the important thing to remember is that some of us have talents that we have not yet developed. Some of us have talents we don't even know about. Like I had no I had no idea for the longest time in my life. I had no idea that I could ever be talented in doing podcasts. I've announced basketball games, you know, uh, in like smaller league stuff. I've uh, I've helped commentate um, concerts at the Musicians Institute in Hollywood. Um, I just have that voice, you know. I I love I love doing things with my voice. I love to entertain. I love to encourage. I use my voice as one of my mediums. I really, I really enjoy like um, when I was with one of my exes, she had a karaoke machine and I spent, <laughs> I spent hours sitting there and talking to myself in the karaoke machine, just trying to see what I can do with my voice. And I wanted to, you know, develop that talent. I wanted to develop that critique, that, that ability to actually use this instrument as, you know, as, as a work of art. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm, I'm working on doing. And I'm always trying to learn to improve. And that's one of the things that I really hope to do with my life is improve what God has given me and, and use it to bless the lives of other people. Hey, Reggie, welcome to the show, brother. What's good, Ross? How you doing, man? Living the dream yourself? Man, I just told a lie on my chat. You said I was going to cut my grass but I really don't want to cut my grass. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever does. <laughs> yeah, so any anybody that might have been over there when I was doing my little chat, if you hear me that I told a lie, yes, I do not want to cut my grass. <laughs> but you, you got an interesting topic, man. It's good to see someone else talking about it because I, I hate to just be the only one on this and I hate to kind of have, or I hate to kind of seem to have this stance that I have on it, but my interaction with others has just left me to the at the point where to answer your question, you, you can't you gotta give up on your friends. Uh, 
you know, uh, and I don't even mean it in a negative way, but it's like you can't you can't allow your enthusiasm, what you were just talking about, you stepping into all of these new experiences, growing and being comfortable, doing using your voice for all these things. You said you were commentating something, and that's awesome, you know. And, and when you find when you arrive at that point in your life when you're willing to lean into these different experiences and put yourself out there you know basically jump out of a plane without a without a parachute or you know or, or, or do something without a safety net or something when you become comfortable with doing that and you know when you start finding success when you when you go to do that you just run into trouble trying to encourage others to experience the same thing. And it may not even be trying, you know, for some people, you're not even trying to encourage them to do something that's all that challenging or risky or uncomfortable or inconvenient. And, and I just, like I said, I just found myself wasting so much time trying to encourage people to do something that they, some of them said they wanted to do <clears throat> and you just can't encourage them to do it so I don't know you know people can keep working at this and we can keep wanting others around us or you know our loved ones to do different things but at a certain time at a certain point in time if, if it starts costing like I said if it starts costing you your enthusiasm towards life or towards your achievement that you're seeking like you gotta get you gotta get rid of that habit you gotta let it go i agree <clears throat> that, that's one of the things for which i'm very grateful like i'm very careful about who i call friend i have a very small amount of friends uh and i i have like like criteria for me to call someone a friend there's things that i have to know about that person's character and you know that i can trust myself my family my safety my life like hard times good times i know these people will be there for me through thick and thin without ever expecting anything in return because that's the kind of friend i am and none of my friends would ever hold me back but one thing that i've learned in my life as well is that you can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped you can help them see something but if they don't want it then just leave it alone let them grow out their own time but the thing is that i'm really grateful because none of my friends would ever try to hold me back from doing something in fact every one of my friends were very uh, enthusiastic about encouraging me to do podcasting. And that's what got me started in the whole podcasting thing. Just people were like, dude, you have that voice, man. And you have so much that people need to hear. And I'm like, okay. So I just gave it a shot and it just, it just started blowing up out of the water. And I'm just really grateful because they helped me see something I hadn't considered and none of them ever get in the way. That's why it's so important to really be careful who we call friends because your friends or they have access to stab you fastest. They're right next to you. You know what I mean? They're, they're the closest to you. That's why you entrust people with that kind of power that you know would never abuse it. And that takes time to get to know someone who's not going to uh, abuse a privilege that you give to them that way. Yeah, I got this story. I'm a, It's a short story, but it, it goes into what you were just saying. I'm going to run out of time, so I have to come back and finish. Yeah, go ahead. If you don't mind, but... I'll just let the time run out before I get into it. But yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we definitely have to be more selective. Um, and some some decisions can, can set you back for a long time. 
Yeah. Absolutely. I agree 100%. You know, that like in today's society, um, people have watered down the name friend because there's friends on Facebook, there's friends on Instagram, and like everyone's got friends on online, but they don't know what an actual friend is because they think that a friend is somebody that just is nice to you or you had a good day with. I'm like, no, it takes time to develop a friend. Yeah, uh, to your point, uh, I'll keep it brief, but I had a buddy who who whined and cried to me about me not hanging out with him and not responding to his calls. And, and, and you know, our relationship really kind of drifted apart. And so um, I tried to I tried to make a night and fit him into my thing, but I was doing my thing because I became very uh, intentional and like protective of when I went out. I didn't want, I, I no longer wanted, I had reached a point where I no longer wanted to go out and not do things or not spend money and not spend time doing what I wanted to do. And so this guy joined me, we went to this spoken word poetry night and it, it's, it was some musicians there, it, you know, they were dancing for a little bit. I mean, it's not the traditional guy, guy or buddy thing that men go do, but it was a lot involved. It was a lot of different in entertainment at this poetry event. But afterwards, we went across the street to this bar to have a couple of drinks and just hang out. And we weren't in there we weren't in there 10 or 15 minutes before my buddy invited this girl, this single uh, female into our conversation. Hmm. And immediately our bros night out, our this, this time that I set aside to hang with this individual, immediately it became, you know, this, this, this woman was involved. He's, he's single, I'm married. So I'm like, you know, here it is. I tried to get this night and, and, and do what you wanted me to do. And, and I even got into a bit of a, a bit of a conflict with my wife and going out that night. Wow. But now I get out here and like I said, you've invited this third party into our, uh, into our buddy night. Like what could say more than just me wasn't good enough, you know, for this outing that you said you wanted. But without going into all the detail, him and he lived around the corner from where we uh, where we were hanging out. And I ended up talking to some other guy that was sitting next to me for like 25, 20, 25 minutes. And then him and this girl get up to go back to his place. And I'm like, I, I have no judgment on him or her or whatever. But um, you know, I was I was a little pissed off. So the next day, to add insult to injury, uh, first thing in the morning, he goes to text me about his night with his new friend and what they did. And I'm like, bro, I could care less. Like, I'm as old as I am now. Like. I tried to give you my time last night. Like you don't, you don't get any time in my Saturday. Like I gave you my Friday night. You threw it in my face. 
and now we good. Like there, there's no more communication for us for the weekend. I'm with my wife now, and I'm I'm at, I'm at my house doing me. That's right. And uh, and the dude tried to get mad and like check me on my stance that I took, and tried to call me something and question like my friendship or whatever. And uh, man, I got dressed and hopped up and went over to this dude's house and knocked on his front door and was like, you know, I thought we was getting ready to go to blows over there. Cause it was like, man, I'm so sick of your dis- your, uh, your inconsideration for my, for the level of friendship that I am. You know, and if you don't even recognize how foul what you did was last night on a real level, and I didn't say nothing about it at the time, like I cut you a break. You know, I just accepted the fact that I had no business, you know, working him into my free time. And that was on me. And I and I eat that. But now for you to call me the next day, I was just like, so we, we didn't end up fighting anything. But I think, you know, he was just he was taken aback at how aggressive I'd become on that particular situation and how I, I, I you know, I just brought it to him like, you know, I. Yeah, feel, feel free to go ahead and uh, call back. There you go. <clears throat> I love I love the old school approach too of, of like, nah, we ain't gonna do this over text. You gonna talk tough? We're gonna we're gonna go this because I've learned that you know having a disagreement over text doesn't always work out because even the most innocent meaning text can be taken out of context because there's no emotion conveyed in a text nor tone or anything like that. So it, we interpret it differently than sometimes it's actually meant to, uh, to be intended. And also a face-to-face conversation can definitely decrease um, conflict very quickly. Yeah, you know, like, like I said, it. I didn't go over there to fight, but, uh, I, you know, I just had to draw a line in the sand that, you know, whether or not this person is cognizant of of the, you know, really of, of the real nature of our, like you said, if we were really friends, if we if we were really friends to the true definition, like you wouldn't have disrespected my time like that. This female, you it was a number of different ways that you could have played that situation. Or you could have just said, hey, would I mean it wasn't even a matter of acknowledging like you're the only I'm the only reason why you're out tonight. And man, look, I really, I really like her. I, I know I've done this to you before, but man, I'm getting ready to go with her. It was just like that bar was where I wanted to really be, which was the furthest thing from the truth. But yeah. now I'm stuck, you know, I'm stuck here at this bar trying to finish this drink, bugging this dude that I didn't even know 20 minutes ago. When I could have just went to my poetry show and went straight home. And so, I, you know, I don't know, man. It, it's, um, you know, it takes some bad experiences with, with friends to kind of become your own man you gotta waste some time some money you gotta have some rough nights but you know i think as we get older if you if you tune in to those experiences and make a decision to change it you know you get to the to the you arrive at that conclusion of who you need to weed out of your life you know and and uh, just move forward you know that's one of the interesting um lessons that i've learned as i've gotten older in life um <clears throat> I've learned that the older people get, the less time they have for the BS. And like, 
it's just really interesting when we're young we care about all the things that don't <laughs> matter like oh my gosh what is everyone gonna think about my shoelaces they're not clean and like like oh my gosh what if i don't eat with these people and what if i don't do this or what if i don't do this when people get older like are you serious none of that matters what are you gonna do to pay your rent what are you gonna do to pay your credit cards how are you gonna make sure you make an on-time payment what are you gonna do to make sure you put gas in the car like we start thinking of the things that matter and all that nonsense and the bs and the the menial stuff that that has no long-term impact we just don't care because life's too short to worry about all that other nonsense yeah ross man like the other night i went to go out uh, with my wife to get something to eat man and i never thought i would get there because i've always been a sneaker collector and you know my shoes match my hat my t-shirt and all that I got a closet full of Jordans and all that, you know. Nice, my friends just like that. <laughs> Bruh, we went and got something to eat the other night, man. I was in a pair of Crocs, man. I just, I don't care about none of that stuff, though. Like, that's the last, that's the last thing on my mind. Like, I'm, I'm really at a point where I want to put all my shoes up for sale online, but I just don't want to be bothered with the. The shipping and then the, any negotiating for a price—I just don't want to be bothered with that. Yeah. But I was—I was in there with some Crocs on, man. Like I was, like I had on a, a, a rare pair of Jays or something. I just didn't care. Yeah, and you know what? I want to accommodate you too. Is uh, you're—it's—it's it's very healthy to hear people talking about, you know, respecting and, and valuing the time they have with their partner, their their, with their spouse. Um, like for me personally, I have a rule that, um, I don't go hang out with single guys. Like if, if I have a friend that I've already had longer than my, my fiance, as long as their conduct is pro my relationship and respectful to my relationship, they and I, we can hang out. It's all good. But I don't go hang out with single guys because single guys don't always have the same intentions as I do. My, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, I don't want my wife or my fiance to come and get mad at me because some girl was hitting on me. I'm like, babe, I, I thought we were just going to go to Dave and Buster's and go play some games and my boy, that's it. And all of a sudden he invited like five girls and I, you know, yeah, it just, it's not a good scenario to be in. So I just don't put myself in that situation, period. Cause I wouldn't want my, I wouldn't be happy if my fiance was in that, in that position where like, oh, he just went out with a girl's night. And then all these guys came over and they started buying his drinks. I'm like, why are you drinking? Like, I mean, why are you drinking drinks from other guys? Like, what's going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there are boundaries and respect that we just we just choose to do. And uh, again, like I said, like, I am in no way jealous. Uh, like, I'm, I'm not a jealous dude. I've just come to learn that some things can be disrespectful, even if uh, even if they're not um, not intended to be disrespectful. So it's it's good hearing you say, you know, you went out there to be with this guy, like to have a buddy's night out and then you gave a great example of what often happens when you're with a single guy. Like if you go out with a single friend, I mean, I think there's a double standard because women don't tend to always do this. Men right. more often will do it. Cause like, I know a lot of, like a lot of my home girls out there when they go out with the girls and go have fun, they can have fun with only girls and not go home with any guys and not, you know, not even be there to pick up guys. They just having a girl's night out and focus on the girls. But if you go out with a guy's night, and you got a single at least one single guy there with you chances are that single guy is going to be looking for a girl it, it, it's just kind of what happened. yeah 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 this this dude was grandfathered in the relationship was grandfathered in you know i knew him and had a couple years of running around with him before i got married 
But I, I mean, I knew that the dude. I know, I know what dude's mo is. Yeah. Uh, but it, but again, you know, when you have someone that's literally crying on the phone that you've never spent time with them, that you've never get out, you know, and hang out with them, and it, you know, and you know, it's been a two years or two and a half year thing. So it was like, like a, you know, I I tried to compromise, and and like I said, being that we went and did, being that the main portion of the night was centered around something that I was interested in. You know, it, it, it did happen with some different stipulations in place. But like I said, once we got to the bar, it quickly went south and got out of my control and put me in a compromising situation. And not so much because it was only the one female. But, uh, but again, you know, it was a clear situation where what the next time that we talked, and I put this and I throw this in your face like this is this is why you were on the phone crying about how much I don't hang with you. This is is, is a prime example of why I seem to be so uh, distant and, and, and why I, I, I handle our relationship the way that I do, because I wouldn't have done him. I wouldn't have done him like that. Yeah. And it's great that you were honest enough to actually convey that, you know, with him and because that's that's really the the respect for honesty and the presence of unfiltered honesty between friends actually is what really makes the friendship strong so you being exactly. able to tell him like hey bro like you want to know the real reason why i wasn't around there with you and i don't hang out with you it's because xyz these things tend to happen and i you know i'm married i'm not trying to have problems with my wife over these situations happening and then he could take that information to say you know what i'm going to eat if I understand now that in order to maintain this <clears throat> maintain this friendship with my boy, I have to make sure I don't allow this to happen again. And so you, you not beating around the bush and going, oh, you know, I just, you know, it's just, <laughs> I was just not feeling good. I had a headache. Because then the same stuff happens. And that's, that's right, what I, that's right, what right. the whole purpose of this topic was, is just talking about how not being honest with somebody actually can negatively impact their life, your friendship, your relationship with that person. It's just, there's not a lot of honesty going on because everybody's encouraging everybody, even though they're encouraging them to do something the wrong way. Someone says, I want to jump off this cliff and commit suicide. People are essentially going, you know what? That's a great idea. You should just go follow your dreams and, you know, jump, make sure you have some Jordans on so you get all the air you can. You know, they're encouraging them to do the wrong things. It just, it's sad. Right, right. And, and see, and see, and even having this kind of converse, that kind of conversation, you know, a lot of guys are gonna throw it into your face that you being emotional or you being soft. Or man, I can't believe you coming at me with this sissy stuff. Yeah. But it's like I really had to take it. I really had to take the level of aggression as high as I took it. Like you said, I gotta take a stance that's gonna change this behavior because we, you know, we're not gonna do this again. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. And so it, it, it was a. It was a um, like a watershed moment for that relationship with that individual, and uh, kind of it kind of led to me being more direct with the majority of my male friends. And, and I know even on my in my chat, I've been over there having some stronger conversations. And, and it may seem like I'm bashing men, but I'm just I'm just about holding people accountable. And you gotta hold your male friends accountable. Absolutely. That's what a real friend does. Real friends hold each other accountable. 
and me personally like one of the things like the the narrative is that men don't cry you know that's that's a narrative that's been common these days and it's it's really sad and me i'm a veteran i'm a former marine and one of the things that i've seen so much we like marines us we are very emotional we might not show it all the time but when one of our buddies dies in, in combat and he's he's got an american flag draped over him we're we cry like babies because that's one of our family members that just fell even even a member of our our team that we didn't even know because the marine corps is very big you know it's got like two hundred thousand uh something people or marines you know nationwide but the fact right. is, is that if we hear about one of our brothers or sisters dying in uniform even if we never met that person or, or know that person that's still one of our brothers one of our sisters we hear about one of the service members in another branch that passes away in combat it still hurts us you know it it hits us so this this uh this false notion that men are not supposed to be emotional that's 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 a very very big lie because we're very emotional we're just not babies there's a difference we don't cry when we don't get our way we get tough and we fight back but when we have pain like especially a tough guy if, it, if you see it my mom i got this from my mom when my mom was really mad about something and she got to the point where she was crying whoever caused her to be mad they better leave because it's about to get really bad for them and, right right <laughs> and i'm like that too like i i can take a lot of crap especially marine corps boot camp you have drill instructors get in your face and call you all kinds of names and I'm not in the new boot camp Marine Corps. I'm I'm with the like the older uh, Marine Corps where they still like threw you up against the wall. They just didn't do it in front of anybody else. They would slap you, smack you, call your mom the B word and all kinds of stuff. I got tough. I learned how to deal with stuff like that. So words don't make me fight. It's threatening gestures. If somebody starts to get threatening with me, then it's a whole different story. Then, you know, I'm still a Christian, but I have the right to to lay hands upon my enemy and defend myself. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I used to work with a bunch of, I used to do operations. I was in the Navy and used to work with the guys, some guys up at Camp Pendleton and whatnot. So I'm, I'm familiar with it, but. Thank you for your service, I, brother. Oh, uh, you too, likewise, likewise. Thank you. But, and that's why, I'm glad you hit on that because I, I hate I hate when it seemed like I'm the only one out here pointing this out, but that's a big narrative that I see in the podcast space and, and the, the vlogging and on social media when you go with when you go to address certain topics or you have a certain stance that may not be like the, the, the widely accepted approach to something that's what the, a lot of guys in the arguments would try to throw at you where you being emotional right now you're you're uh, you're speaking out of emotion and I'm like man miss me with that because it's not a whole lot of most of the important or most of the the the, uh, the headline grabbing stuff that happens in this country most of it is done out of emotion i mean i, I don't i don't know where that came around to, to try to to try to make that as a a, a criticism of somebody uh, like i'm like not much in this world right now is getting done absent of any emotion that that's just some kind of misnomer that's being spread out here but it, it's, it's it's not true yeah i agree 100 percent. so i see hey, father sadly, being really emotionally too <laughs> oh right 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 so speaking of emotion man that's just the perfect segue man i'm going to emotionally get out here and get behind this line more wrong <laughs> It's the second time that I said I was going out here, but I, I got to make it happen. I'm losing daylight. I appreciate checking out. I, I, I've uh, 
tapped into a couple of your chats, man, and I see you talking about the different uh, topics and whatnot that I, I respect. So shout out to you on how you do what you do. And, um, you know, I look forward to rapping with you again, man. Likewise, brother. Thank you so much. It was definitely a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You have a good one. Will do. You too. Thank you. Man, that was a that was a lot of great feedback. I'm so thankful for Reggie coming in, man. That was great, great stuff. I really appreciate you. And man, it's it's just so refreshing to know you're not the only one out there. You know, like in today's society, just it seems like those who have conservative voices, we're like we're being treated as terrorists. And uh, if you have the weapon of truth, now you're considered like an outcast and all these negative names it's just like dude whatever happened to people having an opinion i thought having an opinion was okay how come you have an opinion but i'm not allowed to have one if you're allowed to have something i should be allowed the same right right you know whatever happened to a you know a free america where you can speak your mind and if people didn't like it they would either turn off the channel or switch the channel i mean there's no excuse for people to listen to something that they don't want to listen to anymore because we have you can watch TV on YouTube. You can watch TV on all these different streaming services for free on a lot of them. And you can always like, there's always more content. You can always swipe right, swipe left or, or change or end. You have the power to stop listening to something you don't want to listen to, but people are listening to things that irritate them, make them mad. And then they get mad and retaliate like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe you listened to it. Why did you waste 10 minutes of your life listening to something that made you mad? Why are you going out of your way to make yourself mad? Some people just don't want to be happy. That's why they have that saying, misery loves company. But for those of us who are willing to actually listen to truth, I, I'm, maybe there are some things that I say that some of you guys just don't agree with, and that's okay. And I'm grateful that you're willing to hear me out. I'm grateful that you still have the mindset that I don't have to agree with everything you say for me to listen to you and hear you out but the, the fact is is that what i have learned from my my life is that i've learned truth from people who have completely different beliefs than i do but the fact is and the the the, the 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 truth is is that truth is truth regardless of a person's background if i say if i go outside and the sky is blue and i say the sky is blue it's it's a, that's a truth not because i said it but because that's an actual fact the sky is blue if a devil worshiper comes out and goes, the sky is blue, it doesn't make it less true because he said it. The fact is, is that he said a truth. It doesn't matter who's speaking the words. Truth is truth. If the truth is coming from a liberal, if it's coming from a racist person, if it's coming from a, a conservative, if it's coming from a Bible bashing pastor who, who will judge you harsher than Jesus would, you know, or if it's coming from a pastor that lives the life he honestly believes, or if it's coming from a Buddhist, truth is truth regardless of the source. And if we're more willing to adapt that habit, we'll grow. For those of us who have been in the military, when we've all met uh, super, uh, like superiors who we thought were just brain dead idiots, we have no idea how the heck they got the stars on their collar. And then they, it's, it's funny too, they get out there, some of those generals get out there and they walk around like they're, they're Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> Seriously, it's it's funny to see a general walk out there and call a formation. And then he talks like, oh, yeah, you all came to see me. Like, no, sir, we didn't come to see you. We came out here because you called us into a formation. 
we have to stand out here because you ordered it none of us care about you we don't even know who you are we all want to go home and we all going to want to be with our families but we're stuck here because you said we had to be here and then but that's the thing like it's just some people you just oh it's annoying but then those same exact people can sometimes tell you things that can save your life sometimes they can tell you things like you you're we i was always proud to wear my uniform on an airplane i loved it i love wearing my uniform on an airplane because i was so proud of the dress blue uniform that i bled and i sweat and i suffered to earn but then when they told us like don't wear a uniform on planes anymore and we we're like we were asking like you know what's the reason for that we weren't questioning the order we were just trying to understand what was going on and they started saying well because if a terrorist because this is back you know back in uh, 2004 not too not too far after uh, 9-11 happened they were telling us if you wear your uniform on an airplane you are a target if there's a terrorist on board because the first person they're going to go for is the biggest threat to them and they'll look at you in a uniform and they'll come and attack you first so you can't defend the plane also on a, on a sidebar note if you are riding on a plane if you can try to avoid sitting in the alley like in the aisleway where the cart goes always try to get a window seat why do I say that? Because if there is a hijacker that gets on that plane, uh, you know, I think I might do a uh, do like a, uh, an episode about this stuff. But just just to finish my thought, if there is a hijacker on the plane, they're not likely to reach over other people. They're if they're going to grab a hostage, they're more likely going to grab somebody in the aisle because they're right there. They can just grab you, put their hand around your neck, and then lift you up, and then you're theirs. So they're more likely to grab somebody in the aisle seat than they are in a window seat. Yes, there are um, there are uh, air marshals on board these planes, but you also don't know how many terrorists there are until the situation's over. Because if an air marshal only sees one terrorist and he gets up and starts in, uh, interacting or interacting with that person, and you know tries to neutralize the situation, there could be another terrorist on board waiting for the air marshal. You think there are two or three air marshals on board? No. They can't afford that. Their budget's a lot smaller. So just if you can, just be smart about where you sit on a plane. Sit next to the window. It's safer next to the window. And don't wear any military identifiers or anything like that if you've served. No police officer stuff. Anything that resembles martial arts, it's best not to wear in an airplane. It's best just to look as normal as possible because you're like... One of the reasons why the special operations forces are so good at what they do is they, they know how to blend. They're not obvious in who they are. They can be, they can blend in just like the, the, the locals and walk around in an enemy area, in enemy territory, and then surprise everybody with a very coordinated attack. But they were able to get in, in the point of advantage because nobody knew they were there. So if you have the ability to save an aircraft or save somebody or save a situation, sometimes subtlety is the thing that gives you the advantage. It's beautiful to be proud of the things you've accomplished, but it's also important to make sure that you not hide, but uh, blend where blending is necessary and can give you the greatest advantage to protect and help other people. There's a train that happened with a couple of a uh, couple of American soldiers. I think one was an airman. I, I forget the, the the specific details, but I know they were all vets. Um, they were on a train. There's a couple of terrorists that try to get up there and stop them, but these these uh, military members actually had stopped the incident from happening and none of them were in uniform. They were all in regular civilian clothes blending in, but because they were blending in, the terrorists were not able to spot them 
and they were able to jump up and stop them from hurting the rest of the people and they neutralize the situation so just kind of food for thought um we shouldn't have to live in a world like this and it sucks that we have to but this is the world in which we live so you either adapt or you can die that's just kind of how it works this is the world we live in so i think i'll make another episode about you know uh ways to protect yourself in public spaces and uh matter of fact i'm gonna do that tomorrow that's that's a really important topic um my fiance is going to be coming home soon so i want to make sure that i'm ready for her and i welcome her and that she's not coming home with me on here and and losing any time that i get to spend with her i just i really love spending time with her and i always want to try to do everything within balance because she's very supportive of me doing my um my podcast episodes and i want to always make sure she knows that she's the number one in my life besides god and uh it's easy to say that but my actions need to testify to that as well so if nobody else has anything to add does anybody else have anything they'd like to add i'd definitely open it up this floor to you um i'd love to hear what you think i'd love to hear any input you have this is why i'm here i'm here for you guys all right well, if nobody has anything else further they'd like to add, I am so grateful for each and every one of you guys. Thank you so much. I know that you guys could be spending time doing anything else that you want to do, but for uh, a blessed reason for which I'm very grateful, you chose to be here with me and spend this time with me. So please remember to look at my icon, Real Talk with RJ. That's the name of my actual podcast. I have lots of other episodes on there. Um, and there's lots of good content. So go over there and check out my podcast, Real Talk with RJ. It's available anywhere podcasts are available. If you would like to email me, as always, I always give my email at the end. Um, my email is Ross period Curtis, just like my name you see on the icon. Um, 723 at gmail.com. Just put in the subject line podcast. So I know that you're calling for you're sending me an email from here and I won't overlook it and think it's like a, and I always check my, my spam folder just in case it makes it in there um also if you're a reader if you enjoy reading please go out there and check out my book soul guardian by rj kurtz that's my author pseudonym it's a vampire book an angle that's never been done before and it's exceptional i'm serious not just because i wrote it but because it really is good so far all i've gotten is great feedback from all the people that have read it so it's available on amazon barnes noble uh, walmart.com target.com go check it out it's an it's a great book you can even look at the first like the prologue and, and a little bit of the book for um a sample when you look at Amazon, they'll let you read a little bit of it so you can kind of get a feel for what it's about and what it looks like. Um, please make sure you go out there and check out my podcast. It's always ready to hear you. It's always ready to be, you know, or not hear you, but ready for you to receive it. This is why I do it. I love you all. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of you guys. Have a great day. And thank you so much for spending time with me on Real Talk with RJ. Signing out. Mm-hmm.